0: Ladies and gentlemen Oh my god Hey, 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 hey. Uh, Everything is going Please uh, Welcome Recorded in British Columbia You're listening to Pacific Sound x Radio Hello and welcome to Pacific Sound Radio, your go-to source for everything happening in the Vancouver music scene. I'm James Olson. And I'm Travis Noel. We are live at the Save on Meats restaurant here in East Vancouver. Our next guest is Teo Branston, drummer and leader of Five Alarm Funk. Five Alarm Funk are a high-energy percussion and horn-driven heavy funk band that has been thrilling national and international audiences with their over-the-top stage show for over 15 years with the band's seventh studio LP, Big Smoke, due for release in 2020. We are very excited to be sitting down with Teo to talk everything funk. How have things been going today, Teo? Yeah, going good, man. How you doing? Pretty good. You were saying uh, off the air that you've been uh, kind of dealing with a bunch of renovations lately. I'm renovating my suite at my my place there, and uh,
1: yeah, yeah, it's been incredible. It's been a wonderful journey. I'm learning New stuff all the time. It's my first like full kind of full blown renovation
0: of a kitchen, and I'm painting the whole place. so anyway, I'm gassed, homie. <laughs> you've been now when you're doing something like that, do you like to blast your own music or do you have other stuff going on while you're just trying to drill and saw and hack and you paint? know
1: what? And I, and I don't mean to like shout out another radio station, but I've just been got the classic rock radio on literally like to 10 and and I just go. I just rock and roll the whole time and, and
0: I shout and scream. And it's, it's quite fun. Nice. <laughs> so for listeners who have no idea who or what Five Alarm fun- Funk are, how would you describe the act in your own words? Five Alarm Funk is a fun,
1: energetic powerhouse uh, of of. of, of- like multi-genre uh, experience. That it's not only an audio experience; it's a visual experience. You know, our purpose, kind of in life and with our music, is to make people have fun, make people enjoy themselves, uh, make people lose their minds, make people walk into the, you know, the the doors of a venue or whether it be a festival. Kind of let everything leave behind and, and just enjoy that moment of music. It, it's a uh, it's a uh, it's it's funk, but with like tinges of rock metal gypsy afro uh latin music and and so it's quite the the musical experience but also the stage show is is what uh we are also known for we like to absolutely have the best time we could possibly have on stage and go as crazy as possible you just let all your inhibitions go
0: yeah and you're the drummer and also the de facto leader of the band how long have you been playing drums and who are some of your favorite drummers uh i've been drumming since
1: i was seven or six years old uh and i'm 36 now so i guess yeah 30 years and uh you know my favorites uh you know kind of like classic guys like tito puente is my favorite latin percussionist he's a crusher uh buddy rich is my favorite kind of like jazz influence just you know hammering band leader that is technically superb uh, my favorite kind of rock guy was Herb Alexander from Primus. You, Ooh, nice uh, choice. He was the original Primus drummer, and when it, like when I was like uh, grade, what was it like six to six to eight? I was just Primus every
0: day, all day,
1: and and now when I put on a Primus record, it's like instant nostalgia. I
0: love it, especially the first couple records. I'm just thinking of because. I, need, I definitely should be listening to more Primus than I have, and I've seen them live as well, but, like, there's just some songs, especially off that first record, like Too Many Puppies, like, just, oh, the drums on that thing just d- destroy destroy shit.
1: Yeah, yeah, his his drum tones are just too good. And whatever, I you know, whenever Primus comes on, I'm in it. I love it. You know, Frizzle Fry is my favorite Primus record. Yeah, Although the other one. ones are incredible, too. I can't Yeah,
0: explain. I saw them do, Um, I think it was at Malcolm Bowl. This was a few years ago, but they did a... Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory tribute album. So the first... Yeah, yeah. So the first set was... The first set was all, like, favorite songs. So, you know, they did... Cherry was a race car driver. And I think they played My Name is Mud. I hope they played My Name is Mud. And all that sort of fun stuff. And then the second set was they did their Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory tribute. And I have to say... I think I had maybe a couple beers while I was there, but I was glad I wasn't rolling on anything else because <laughs> it was it was unnerving. It was weird. I saw him on shrooms at the Rfield. I don't know if
1: I'm allowed to say that, but I did. Uh, and it was incredible.
0: <laughs> I bet. I bet. So besides funk, the band as you've mentioned incorporates, you know, elements of gypsy rock, world music, metal, all sorts of stuff in a way that's uniquely your own. How did you guys create and refine this fusion of sounds into something cohesive? Uh, Yeah,
1: I I honestly say it's
0: just taken years and years. I mean,
1: this is our 17th year as a band. um, And there's still five original members in that band or members uh, over a decade. And, uh, you know, we've released, I think it's six studio records, one live record. We're coming up on our seventh studio record, Big Smoke, which is coming out in 2020. And, uh, and, and, and through, I, I think if you were listen going to listen to the whole disc- discography of Five Alarm Funk, you would, uh, you would be able to see the changes and hear the similarities. And the way, you know, you would be able to take one record... Uh, and compare it to the record before and see what we learned from that and see the changes that we made um, to kind of uh, find our own sound and find our own brand of music that we like to create. Because you can't really stick it into one category. Uh, you know, it, it's definitely genre-spanning, but when it comes down to the albums and and when it comes down to the actual sound of the band and uh, and how we like to create music, it, it, it's very... Uh, unique, if you want to say. I mean, we love gang vocals. We love like horns act like our lead singer, so all our melodies are are kind of horn driven. But but our vocals play more of a percussive role, and uh and yeah, I I, I would say it's years and years of uh, of fine tuning, and and that's you know that's how you learn. That's how you get better at things. You know, if you're on the radio for years, you're gonna know what you say all the time when you step on the air right so yeah yeah just uh, experience plays a huge game and i'm super happy after 17 years we can still be doing it together it's a it's a long haul
0: and i imagine also the benefit of having at least four other members that have been there more or less alongside you 100% yeah i mean we're we're very internally run so uh you know we're not only a
1: band and musicians but we're also business partners Right. Like we operate and run a business and, you know, we need to pay our taxes and run our finances and we need to, you know, manage our tours and and uh, and market and, you know, all that stuff. Like it's an intense process. So each of us uh, designates ourselves to a specific duty because, you know, if you shop that stuff out, you might not necessarily get what you want. Mm hmm. Right. So so each of us kind of takes on a, you know, lead role as you know, in whatever department you want to call it, whether it be merchandise, you know, branding, marketing, uh, you know, finances, whatever it is. And uh, and then we execute from there and then we kind of shuffle it out. But but yeah, uh, you know, being in the band control over over what you put out is a very nice thing.
0: What would you say your role is in terms of the the business end of the band uh from the
1: business end i have been the tour manager for the last decade uh and i also run all our social media and kind of create our marketing campaigns and uh come up with kind of the artistic creation behind how we visually present ourselves um also uh, yeah I'll, I'll, also uh i do a lot of songwriting uh, but other guys do as well. Uh, but recently I've been able to get rid of the tour managing spot, which that's a nice feeling. It's so great. It's so great. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and Kent, our trumpet player is taking that over because uh, we've just had some really exciting news that I can't talk about right now, but it's going to make me very, very busy and I'm not able to do the tour managing spot anymore. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be heavy on, on socials and, and and getting the word out there.
0: Nice. Well, we'll keep our keep our eyes peeled for that for sure. Love it. Yeah. So your music is mostly instrumental with gang chants sprinkled throughout a number of your songs. How do you t- determine when a song requires vocal accompaniment and when the instrumental passages can carry the song on its own?
1: That's a great question. You got you got them, man. These are yeah. nice questions. <laughs> uh, I, feel... I I try my best
0: to you know research.
1: <laughs> I feel. Uh, I feel. Um... You know, we kind of some of the some of the majority of how we write tunes is kind of with uh, visual imagery in mind, right? You take a song like "Fright Train" or, or, or "Iceberg," uh, and they're written, uh, you know, about a specific thing, and then we kind of write music that makes, you know, the sound of what maybe these maybe these physical objects might, you know might sound like if if they were a creative being or something like that. Um, but, uh, but you just know when, when you have a section and, and it's not perfect or it's missing a little something uh, you know, throw some vocal punch in there or, you know, if the song is kind of mayhem already, it doesn't necessarily call for vocals. Although we've had a lot of live experiences where we do add vocals and then those vocals end up making it onto the record because live they work and people really enjoy them.
0: When it comes to, and I ask this because I watched a few different behind-the-scenes videos. Do you come up with the gang chants kind of off the top of your head? Just because obviously you're not you're not writing down like a full lyrical accompaniment for the song, uh, but they they've, they've got to be simple and punchy. They have to be
1: simple and punchy, and sometimes things come to you, and sometimes they don't. You know, like uh, what just came to us? What, what's something that just came to us? I'm trying to think of it. Uh, say, say a song like The Critic. I don't know. Yeah, yeah I don't know yeah. if you heard The Critic. I've heard that song. Yeah, The Critic. The Critic took us five months to write. the whole song and it was it wasn't five months of sitting down writing it was five months of rehearsing and saying what what can we do how can we do this and 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 what the hell are we going to do uh but you know a song like you know we all scream like i wrote that with uh with gabe and and kent were the kind of lead writers as long as myself and it's like hey i came in i had this verse i have a verse Like, let's go with that. So each song is like a totally different entity. It can take on its own, you know, its own kind of, you know, audio sensory or whatever the hell you want to call it. Like, uh, yeah, every every song is absolutely different. and, And I don't like kind of pigeonholing myself into a box where I'm supposed to do something a certain way. You know, if we got a track and it's banging and it doesn't need vocals, it doesn't get vocals. If we got a track that needs vocals, then we make some vocals. If we got a vocal line that's
0: hammering, we make a track to it. <laughs> there you go. So it's just just whatever the song calls for. Yeah, it's fluid. Yeah. So as the, you know, as the drummer, de facto leader of Five Alarm Funk, along with the former tour manager and the social media master guru, how do you I'm going to phrase this question in such a way that's more specific to the live show, but how do you juggle being the front man and the rhythmic centerpiece of the group on stage? Cause you know, I've certainly seen bands with lead vocalists also being drummers, but you're doing a lot more than that when it comes to your live show. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I,
1: I enjoy it. I, I wouldn't do it if I didn't enjoy it. And I, and I love the way, I love the way the show presents itself. I mean, how I kind of, you know, ended up at the front of the stage, it was, was by accident. You know, I, uh, uh we played our first concert and I was the, at the back of the stage and this was in what, 2003 it was. And, uh, and I was at the back of the, at the back of the show and we didn't have like anybody to even talk to the audience cause we were just a full blown instrumental band. So then, you know, after that we're like, okay, who's going to talk to the audience? And I had had experience with a microphone before, so I was like, I can talk to the audience. It's no problem. And then the next show, I was at the back of the stage again, normal band setup, up. And I was talking to the audience, but there's six people standing in front of me and nobody knows who's talking to them. And if nobody knows who's talking to them, you know, it, it's not engaging at all. How, you know, how do you tell a so voice that, coming from nowhere? Yeah, You're it's like, a voice what? coming from nowhere, right? Yeah. Uh, and so the next show after that, we tried, uh, the drum kit at the front and it's, it's a really fun, interesting setup. Cause also with a large band, you have the drum kit at the front with the drummer sitting down and then you have everybody else around the drummer. So as far as visual sight lines go, the people in the audience can actually see all of the musicians on stage. Cause the lead, the front, the center is like a foot and a half or two feet shorter than the rest of the band. Cause I'm sitting. So you can actually see all the faces, you can see the expressions, you can see the dance moves, you can see everybody. It doesn't look like a clump of humans on stage. It looks kind of like, you know, yeah, like a, uh, what would you call it? A flying V with a dot in the middle.
0: Oh, there you go. Chevron. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, or something like that. That works. I think it works. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, these next two questions they kind of kind of meld together because, of course, they're all connected to the live show and the course, complete packaging. The uh, but your album covers and merch feature a range of colorful characters and creatures, including gorillas, sharks, and a uh, iron pegasus, among many other critters. Where does the inspiration for all this over-the-top imagery come from?
1: I think it's just from the from the music itself. I mean, the music is powerful; it's uh, intimidating but fun you know it can be psychotic entertaining so so the imagery that that we choose uh is over the top and it's exciting and uh you know uh, what more exciting not in actuality but then you know a, a you know combative scenario between a giant you know silverback gorilla and a great white shark hilarious not in reality But, yeah, like, uh, yeah, it's just everything over the top. I can't wait as well to release Big Smoke. Y'all are going to have a huge laugh at the front cover because it's uh, it's poignant and, and, uh, you know, uh, plays on the realities of today that we're living in, but also with a kind of a hilarious back end to it. I think you're really, really going to
0: like it. (laughs) Nice. I'm looking forward to it. I have to say with all the... All the characters and creatures and all that fun stuff. I'm honestly surprised that you folks haven't invested in a animated music video.
1: We have an animated music video.
0: Oh, I guess uh, you found a blind hole uh, and <laughs> or a black hole in my in my research. If so. you uh, Shame yeah, on you, me.
1: you could check out uh, "Robot" off our album
0: "Abandoned Earth"
1: that our Atomic Cartoons did, and it's kind of like an animated video with live action. Uh and, and it's fun. It's super great. We're planning some animated stuff to come out for Big Smoke. Uh, but animated stuff is extremely mm-hmm. expensive to create. It's really, really pricey to get really good animation. Um so we'll see what happens. We're gonna try and do it and, and I totally agree. I
0: think it's 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 on the list. Yes, for yeah. sure. Roast it on the fire. Uh-huh. And kind of tying into that, your live show features a variety of costumes and props. How do you guys develop your sh- stage show, uh, and what do you do to mix things up to keep your live show fresh and fun for yourself and for your fans since, obviously, you've been doing this for 15-plus years?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, the stage show, it, you know, how it is now is extremely different from how it was X amount of years ago. But uh, the stage show kind of comes about naturally. Uh, you know like if, if somebody starts doing one particular move and other people pick up on it then they'll join in and then we'll talk about it the next day and it's like okay now that's a thing right but uh, the stage show at this point is extremely dialed in everybody's got their moves everybody's got what they do at what point point. Uh, and, and you know we've got our quirky things we've got our serious things we've got hey, what's up, y'all? Yeah, what's up? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So so the stage show uh, doesn't have to change drastically between each performance. People aren't going to get bored at a Five Alarm Funk concert. It's freaking mayhem. You're going to enjoy it. Uh, but we, ha- we have a foundation of moves for everything that we do. And uh, if you come to the Commodore on December 26th, Boxing Day, holiday blowout bash. It's going to be absolutely hilarious. I have some food incorporation ideas that I think we're going to come about. Oh boy, sounds messy. (laughs) Oh, it's going to get nasty.
0: (laughs) And you're already way ahead of me in terms of the plug. I was going to say that for later in the show. Whatever, we'll we'll talk about it. uh, Talking about some more later. Um, You uh, mentioned in the making of the video for the Sweat LP, which was your most recent record, uh, that the band writes all winter tours all summer and then reconvenes to record what are some of the advantages of this songwriting cycle for the band i imagine you're able to road test your new songs quite a bit 100 percent, yeah i mean I, we, we generally lay off the road
1: in the winter because we've had like some near accidents and stuff like that or we've had accidents and we've had very close calls uh and 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 it, you know that mountain pass like getting into alberta and it's uh, pretty heinous man so, uh, so we've decided that we don't tour that heavily in the winter at all. Like, we'll do stuff if it's a fly out or whatever. But, uh, but yeah, we don't want to hit the road. So, we use it as creative time, right? So, we kind of bulk March to October for touring and then take the rest of the time off to... Think about what we're going to process or what we're going to do for the rest of the year, but uh, but yeah, when we come about that creative process in the winter of of, of writing and kind of mastering what we're going to do for the spring, fall or spring summer and, and a little bit through the fall, uh, then you get to you get to test your stuff. You get to you get to listen to it. You get to hear it. You get to notice what it bothers you about it because so much even about writing music is you don't. Like you may play something in a in a rehearsal situation and it sounds absolutely fantastic, but then when you go and, and it hit, you know, the stage, you say, you know what, that that part isn't working for me, right? So it's really nice to have that kind of gap or that, that test phase where you can test out what, at, what actually sounds good and what people react to and what people really enjoy and what is kind of a letdown because, you know, it's hard to tell when you create something. Uh, you know, you're obviously the, the biggest lover of what you do, uh, but, but how other people react to that is a much different thing. So giving things a little bit of a test ground, a little bit of a buffer uh, before you go into the studio and make it history your own history is, is to me a really nice call. And I love doing it for us. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. You know, like if you're, if you're like on the radio heavily and doing like big pop circuits and stuff, I think, I think it, it makes a much bigger difference but for us you know we are live we don't get that much radio play uh, the way we exist at as, as a band is is through concerts so we go out we just hammer shows and whatever
0: the best thing that we get out of those shows and in our brain that's what goes on the record On, well, and i imagine it's quite a lot of improvisation in your own live shows anyhow so you got a lot of flexibility to work with.
1: Yeah, there's flexibility, but man, I tell you, I like as far as uh the drumming goes, I mean, I improvise a little bit and the vocals, I improvise a little bit, but our songs are are to the T. There's no messing around in our songs. There's no open solo sections. There's no, you know, open grooves just for, you know, us to do whatever the hell we want. No, no, no. Everything is barred out. It's it's exactly the same night after night because that's how you know when things are going to get big. They're going to get big.
0: Yeah. Well, and I imagine. Yeah, that's the that's kind of the, the contrast, I suppose. Because you can have you can either be a jam band. I'll use like I'll use two classic rock examples. You can either be, in terms of performance, a band like Grateful Dead. It's all jam, you know. 20-plus-minute songs, or you can be like Alice Cooper, where no messing around with the structure of the songs live, but you've got all the costumes and the guillotine and all that fun stuff. 100%, yeah. I mean,
1: uh, we're definitely not a jam band. All our stuff is, you know, to the point. But we're not Alice Cooper either. I mean, you know, our uh, you know, when our horn players shred, they can do whatever the hell they want. Like, I may do A bunch of different drum solos or not solos but a bunch of different drum fills you know it's not like you know phil collins (laughs) and everybody's waiting for that one thing you know Mm -hmm. what i mean but the song is the same but little intricacies within the song are not the same
0: that's good yeah that's kind of what i figured that you guys would be doing because there's no there's nothing worse and i said this uh I said this with an earlier episode, but there's nothing worse than a band that plays exactly the same as they play on the record. Yeah. I mean, I I guess that could be the same, but, you know, if you went to, like,
1: you know, a a Billie Eilish concert, you'd probably want to hear her play the exact same thing that she plays on the record. You know, that's the thing that you used to, and then
0: you sing along. Fair. (laughs) Yeah. I guess it just varies from artist to artist. That's Ah. for sure.
1: Yeah, not at a five alarm funk show though. We'll funk it up.
0: Yeah, well, for sure. Kinda of talked about this a little a little bit, but the band currently includes seven members and has featured thirty five different musicians and collaborators of the course of your fifteen plus year history. I've said that a few times now might as well make a drinking game out of it. I like it. Fifteen plus yeah. <laughs> fifteen plus fifteen plus <laughs> Um How have you until recently, manage touring as much as you do with that many individuals and that much gear. It sounds like you need some sort of caravan to manage it all. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, it's been a process, man. We we started off...
1: How did we start off? We started off in rentals. We would rent a 15-passenger van and rent a budget trailer to go behind it. And then we bought vans and pulled our own trailer. And then we bought a shuttle bus from an airport and uh, modded it and it was really great but it cost us so much money and we finally sold it last year it was a, it was a fantastic touring vehicle um but man we got we broke down so many times at the side of the highway uh SOL not knowing what to do we never missed a gig but this bus was a nightmare like 3 years ago it cost me like probably like 150 hours of my life <laughs> just waiting for things to occur with this bus, uh, but we never missed a gig and it was great. So now we just have a we just have a corporate account with a with a rental car company, and we we rent a cargo van, which is one of those kind of sprinter style vans, and a minivan, and then you get a car or a, 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 whatever you call it, a cargo van with a, like four thousand kilometers on it. You're always going to make the gig. You get there, and uh, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's been a nasty draw, and I can't remember what the initial point of your question was. Oh, just managing it. <laughs> yeah, managing that and all the people, you know, the people uh, come and go. Being in a band is just like being, you know, say if I'm the lead of the band, whatever, we have other guys that lead the band, it's like being an employer right so you employ people and people like it and people don't like it and people get along and they don't get along uh so so you have to find this nice harmonious balance of people that work and want to do things when it comes to the road and you know just are there pulling on the rope because if everybody's not pulling on the rope that's when you get you know uh kind of everybody's splitting apart mm-hmm. but uh but now we got a unit that's absolutely fantastic man and, and and there's seven of us and it's a beautiful relationship and each individual in the band i really respect and love and it, it's it's one of the nicest times for the band that i've ever had ever witnessed and it's the best show that we've ever put on too it's really nice
0: definitely in definitely yeah it's all my favorite words <laughs> I like it. Yeah. I say absolutely. Ooh, that's another good one. <laughs> I got no transition for this next question, so I'm just gonna, gonna ask to it. Me. Yeah. In twenty eighteen you released two songs featuring one of the greatest bassists ever and bona fide funk legend, Bootsy Collins. I gotta ask, how did you guys get connected with, with Bootsy? How how does that happen?
1: We were we were thinking about how to change our sound up. You know, we had released uh at that point, that was our, you know, sixth studio album. And it's like, okay, where do we go next? What do we do? And it's like collaborations is what we do. Who do, you know, who do we want to collaborate with? And we had a list of probably fifty artists or whatnot. And you know, depending on what people are up to or what they're doing, it's you know hard to get in touch with people or hard to touch base. And then one day we were in, uh, and this was when we had our shuttle bus, our tour bus, and we uh, it was like, what's Bootsy doing? What what is Bootsy doing right and he was just Bootsy was literally about to just release his his new record that was like phenomenal it was hot fire and uh and we we're like you know what maybe that that's an interesting look like let's see so so uh our management reached out to Bootsy and and he came back and he was like, I'm very interested. I like the song. Like we uh we did a remix with Bootsy, so it was one of our originals that we cut into more of a radio friendly or more of a verse chorus bridge type song. And uh and and he's like, I'm very interested. Let's do it. And we heard that and it was like, Okay, Bootsy, baby, let's go. <laughs> And, and so uh, I, I didn't get to meet bootsy personally which I'd love to meet him personally but we've exchanged uh, you know uh, messages over emails and stuff like that and you know we flew tracks back and forth because that's how you save thousands and thousands of thousands of dollars and uh and and yeah we came back with we play the funk and it, it's such a fun tune and one of my yeah one of one of my favorite experiences of being in this band because I've been listening to bootsy since I was about you know twelve twelve years old is was when Bootsy entered my life so it's pretty pretty phenomenal he didn't play the bass on it but he wrecked the vocals they're just crushing
0: oh so he doesn't play bass on it
1: he doesn't no because oh, okay. we
0: already had the fully oh, right,
1: true the fully mixed mastered done tune gotcha that we kind of uh dissected and put back together so no he just rips the vocals but it was interesting you know it's like we sent him a blank canvas and it's like, what is Bootsy going to do with this blank canvas? And he came back with probably the most, like he brought in backup vocalists. He, he brought the whole nine yards and more. Like I'm so impressed uh, by the amount of work that Bootsy Collins put into that song because, you know, we got back probably 50 or 60 layers of tracks that it's like you know I was I was expecting a lot less than that yeah and he came in and nailed it and and man I'm proud of that tune.
0: A question about that because I know you'd mentioned that Bootsy was on a pretty extensive list. Who else is on your list of potential collaborators or people you'd love to play with?
1: Oh crap! I uh yeah,
0: if you're allowed to say.
1: I mean, I'm allowed to like okay, M- my few people. That I I will say, and there's a ton of them out there. But I wanted to do, uh, and I'll say three. I wanted to do Zach Delarote. Ooh, yes. I wanted to do Claypool. Damn. And I wanted to do E-40. E-40? E-40 Fonzarelli, the greatest rapper of all time. Ooh. (laughs) Those are my three. Uh, Ambitious. Yeah, we'll see what comes about of that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So th- those are my three. I mean, let's not get in too in depth about it, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, th- those are my peeps. Those are like, I like, uh, I like what I I'm a nostalgic listener. So when I listen to music, I go to the, the things that inspired me to be who I am today. So I, I, all those people had a huge, huge, huge influence on me and, uh, and to be able to create with them would be absolutely incredible.
0: Yeah. I have a good feeling that Claypool is a possibility. He is, but
1: yeah. uh, I, I I won't say it on there. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Claypool. So, yeah. Anyway, he's <laughs> great. he's an amazing man. He's just he's still doing a lot of things.
0: He's very so, busy. So yes, and it, so he's extremely expensive. He's still extremely popular. Mm-hmm. Have you heard any of uh, the Lennon Claypool delirium?
1: I've heard it's the best live show in the world.
0: I definitely want to check it out. <laughs> I it's, want to check it, it out. It's probably the best thing I've heard the son of a famous musician ever do.
1: I've, I've, our we toured with the our, our first sound man this year. He was a phenomenal man, an amazing guy, and uh, and he went to see Lennon Claypool and uh, said it was probably the best live show he's ever witnessed,
0: which is. That's saying a lot. He lives
1: in the world of live shows. Like, yeah. Yeah, I would love to see it, and, and uh, yeah, I'd be pumped to see that. I yeah. hear it's crazy.
0: I got to I gotta try and see that then, because so far, Flaming Lips are the top of my pile.
1: Hey, Flaming Lips are great, man. I love the Flaming Lips. I've yeah. never seen them live, and I've never seen Lennon Claypool, so I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> fair
0: enough. You don't know what you don't know, and I haven't seen you guys yet, so who knows? Maybe you'll supplant Flaming Lips on my list. You- December twenty sixth of the December twenty sixth, there you go. <laughs> and you've the band's been hard at work on your new LP Big Smoke, which is set for release in twenty twenty at some point. Yes, sir. What were some of your goals coming into the record of this album, which, you know, I'll add is your seventh album to date? Uh, you know, I I don't
1: think we had any strategic goals as far as creating a record. I mean, we went into this record the same we do all our other records it's just to put out an amazing piece of music right put out something that i like to be really exciting i like the world to be exciting i like when people listen to our music you know if you're having a crap morning or something you put on a tune it's just like poof, you're ready to do it right so i i think the goal of our band is to you know not think too hard about things. Create music that, that makes people want to vibe, makes people want to gel, makes people want to get up and live life to the fullest. I, I I truly believe, you know, that's what a Five Alarm Funk show does, so that's what we try and transition into a record.
0: Yeah, and who have you been working with on this new record and how they help achieve the band's vision for this project? Uh, Big Smoke is with our... Main
1: homie Ben Kaplan, who is a, a master engineer here in, uh, and producer here in Vancouver, uh, he's phenomenal, and uh, you know he's done uh, Mother Mother and and Biffy Clyro records that are that are blown up and and doing very well, and uh, and he's a, a tremendous friend, and there's a lot of trust and and beauty there. I mean, I was down in the studio the other day, and and you know we did some vocal overdubs. And Ben was doing them with me, and I, it was so fun, man. And and actually, when we play in Vancouver, and I'm trying to steal him away from the studio uh, to come on tour with us, but I just gotta, you know, find a way to pay him enough.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Got to give him some sort of stipend or something. Yeah, you yeah. know,
1: I mean, yeah, this, you know, he's a busy guy. Yeah, so so we gotta compete.
0: I was gonna say, I did see that video of you two doing gang vocals together. It was awesome.
1: Oh, it's the best, man. I had the nicest night with him. He's such a good guy and he's one of the most creative geniuses. Like, if, you, if, you're, if you're sitting there in a Pro Tools session and you're like, hey, man, uh, I'm thinking about this. And he does it. And it's like,
0: whoa. Yeah. He's a genius. I
1: don't like hanging out with geniuses.
0: <laughs> Me too. Right? Yeah. What do you guys have planned to promote the new LP, when it finally drops? There is some
1: savage things on the go.
0: Ooh. Yes. Capital S, Savage. Yes. No,
1: it's all capital Savage. (laughs) All cap Savage. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I can't say the biggest
0: Mm -hmm. news
1: of all, which is probably the best thing that we've been waiting for our entire career has finally happened. I can't say that right now. I'll speculate
0: wildly in my head. <laughs> yeah,
1: because uh, because it's just not public information and, and we're waiting uh, for, oh, the go, for the go-ahead yeah. to make it public. Um, so there's some extremely exciting things that are going to help us branch out internationally. And that's been one thing that we've been really pushing for is some international recognition, uh, you know, as far as our recorded music and as far as our, our live music goes. So...
0: Uh, 2020 is going to be a savage. Savage <laughs> <What>? year. <laughs> savage. Hashtag all cap savage. Yeah, that one was a whisper, though, so low. low savage. Cap. Yeah, savage. <laughs> you guys are on the road most of the year, all the time. This is going to be a hard question, but I'll still ask it anyhow. What has been the most memorable show of the year so far? Because the year isn't over yet, and we've got another big show coming up, December 26th at the Commodore. <laughs> Yeah. It is December 26th of the Commodore.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's not a hard question, but it's a a question that you just can't answer because every freaking stage or venue or festival offers their own little bit of absolute pandemonium and fun. Right? So it's like you could play you know, a show for 10,000 people and, and and be like, that's the best show of my life. That was so fun. I played great. It was great. Or you could play a show for a hundred people and those people are just vibing and, and having such an interesting and awesome time. And you come off stage and you feel elated because you, you created some kind of positive, uh, some kind of positive environment for people to exist in. Right. So I, I, there's not an actual answer, I mean, I could list off a bunch of shit uh pardon me, I could list Yeah, I would swear
0: on the show yeah, yeah yeah,
1: I could list off a bunch of stuff but but uh man, it, all the shows are amazing, I mean, you have your dirt bag shows that nobody shows up to and and they suck and and you have your incredible shows, uh you know Harvest Blues and Fredrickson is great, Sunfest is great, North Country Fair is great, Commodore Ballroom is great uh. Edmonton at the, uh, what is it called? They renamed the venue. Anyway, man, if you enjoy your show, all the shows are fun. If you don't enjoy your show, man, it sucks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my favorite non-answers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's no answer. Yeah. How do you answer that? Yeah. It, well, and I suppose also just to, due to the sheer volume of shows you guys play, imagine some of them kind of blend in together
1: oh for sure uh yeah and it's just there's absolutely no strategic answer for that question and and yeah it's not possible there there's so much five alarm funk is based on fun you can't spell fun you can't spell funk without fun right and it's just you know all of our shows uh are 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 there for the people so the people that are there make our lives possible like it's an interesting life, it's a crazy life, it's a fun life and uh, if we can, you know, have any kind of influence on allowing people to step out of reality for a minute and just enjoy the moment and get into the thing. it's amazing, so we play small shows we play medium sized shows, we play giant fucking shows and, and a lot of them have some of the best people on earth in them and it's really nice to just just provide that entertainment for that evening.
0: And speaking of shows, and one we've been talking about and alluding to a few times on this program, <laughs> your next show, give us the pitch. What do you got planned for December 26th at the Commodore? December 26th at the Commodore
1: Ballroom. It's five alarm fog, small town artillery, and rain city. It's going to be the hottest, Boxing Day blowout bash that you've ever experienced. It's going to be a door crasher. People are going to be lined up, getting all crazy. <laughs> it's going to be super fun. Uh, it, the show is going to be absolutely phenomenal. The opening bands, we want us to treat it like uh, an invitation to get, to get wonderful Vancouver bands on the stage at the Commodore Ballroom. And so Small Town Artillery which is headed by Tom Vendors, and and uh, Rain City, which is headed by Claire Twitty. They're absolutely incredible. Incredible bands that need just a little push in the right direction. And you get them on the Commodore stage, and it's absolutely fantastic. They're great bands. Uh, you know, I've got this. I've got, I'm just going to say one thing about it. I call it the first supper of funk. Ooh boy. Yeah and it's going to be hilarious and it's going to involve a contest for fans and it's going to involve food and it's going to involve being on stage with five alarm funk and if uh <laughs> if if I get the go ahead which i'm just waiting on right now because there's a lot of liability and a lot of uh food safety issues uh you know legalities that take place it's going to be the most poppin'. I guarantee you'll have a better, a better night than on the twenty fifth.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, and uh, I have to say, speaking for myself, I have Christmas Day off. I unfortunately have to work on Boxing Day. Boo. However, however, I have the twenty seventh through till New Year's Day booked off, so I'm planning on being there. Shazam! I'm, I'm planning on getting twisted.
1: Yes, <laughs> let's do.
0: Yeah. All right. So, um, just got a few more questions just to wrap this up here. Um, what have been some of your favorite lo- local releases of 2019? I like to ask uh, some of our guests this. You know who you
1: got to check out, man. Sorry, let me put that in the sink. You got to check out uh, Emily Malloy. Yeah. Yes. Emily Malloy is a monster. I got a buzz. Emily Malloy is, is one of the, the the best singers that I've ever heard uh, she's a great friend of mine and she's a blues rock hardcore savage I love her stuff she's just releasing a bunch of new music videos and stuff so check her out uh, the band uh, sincerely Craig is very very interesting it's a duo uh female bass player and singer and a male guitar player but he shreds backwards kick pedals uh on a cahoon man they're just very very cool so check those cats out I don't know about releases I'm out of the times I've been cutting drywall for the last fucking week and a half. Fair enough. <laughs> I don't know man. Yeah well if they've got <laughs>
0: stuff out this year. Check, we'll check sincerely out sincerely
1: Craig Emily Malloy, yeah. Rain City, Small Town Artillery, those are all the super homies that are happening in Vancouver right now.
0: Hell yeah. And how can listeners check out your music and keep up with everything Five Alarm Funk is up to?
1: Go to FiveAlarmFunk.com, go to Five AlarmFunk on Facebook, go to Five Alarm at FiveAlarmFunk on Instagram. Uh, if you want to say something, I love communication, so if you write us a message, I'll hit you back, and uh, we'd love to funk with you.
0: Let's go! Hell yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Tao. This has been a lot of fun. (laughs) Thanks. And thanks for listening. We're your host, James Olson. And Travis Noel. Pacific Sound Radio is produced by Jane Fraze. Travis, how can people check out what we're doing? You can check us out on Facebook, Pacific Sound Radio, as well as our Instagram, at Pacific Sound Radio Twitter, at Pacific S Radio YouTube, Pacific Sound Media, as well as our website, pacificsoundradio.com. If you know a local band or artist that you think should appear as guests on our show, let us know. Fill out the form on our website or send us an email to talkpsr at gmail.com.